overview to the um, overview of the second half of Canto One, Srimad Bhagavatam. We did the first half last year, and we're continuing now with Chapter Ten. Here you see uh, this is based on this book here, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam at a glance, Canto One, picture for every verse of Canto One. We also have the full Bhagavatam here of all 12 cantos, in case you're interested. And uh, so first, this is the whole Bhagavatam, the whole first canto. And that is here, we have a poster. This is the poster that comes with the book, the whole first canto here. And if you look up there on the, hmm, there we go. Can you see that marker moving? Yeah. Okay. So here's the first section, Narada and Vyas, that we did last year. Krishna and Hastinapur and Dwarka, we did the first half up to Bhishma. Now we'll do the second half today, where Krishna is leaving Hastinapur and uh, going to Dwarka. So that will be here uh, today. And then Prikshit will be born today, and the Pandavas will renounce here in this second uh, third part, the third section of Canto 1. And prediction how he meets Kali, how he deals with Kali, and then how he gets cursed and leaves everything to sit down on the bank of the Ganga and hear from Shukadev Goswami. So now we'll move to chapter 10, part 1. There we go. Chapter 10, Part 1. So the first section here is Yudhisthira's rule. You can see what a happy kingdom he had. Enough rain, enough sun, not too much, not too hot, not too cold. And, uh, and the cows were happy. Dharma, religion was satisfied. And the oceans, the hills, the mountains, they paid tax to the king also not only the people. The plants and the creepers were also citizens of the kingdom, as were the human beings, and they paid their taxes to the king. There were nice minerals coming from the mountains, pearls coming from the oceans, and flowers and fruits coming from the trees and creepers and drugs, and they were all giving to the king. Now the second part here, is Krishna's departure. But before I read that, I'm going to read a verse from here, verse 6, which talks about Yudhisthira's kingdom. Yudhisthira's enemy was never born, thus a climate was never too warm, nor too cold, nor was there strife for any citizens throughout their life. So that was Yudhisthira's kingdom. Wonderful kingdom to live in. Not like today where they are taking so much tax and using it for themselves. Okay, now part two, chapter 10, part two. Um, this, now the ladies are talking about Krishna, actually. Let's go back. Krishna's departure, he's leaving, and the ladies are up on the roof here, and... Uh, they're, they're showering flowers down on, on the Lord 
Uh, I'll read verse 13. Their hearts were all melting in the pot of attraction. Their eyes were unblinking as they watched his every action. They moved hither and thither in perplexity, for he is the center of all prosperity. Okay, now we'll go. Now, if this is these ladies are speaking now. These verses are all about what the ladies are talking about, not what usually what ladies talk about. Um, so this is about the creation. They're talking about the creation of Krishna and how wonderful is Krishna. And now we're going to start learning some lessons. I'm going to ask you at the end of the uh, picture what lesson you learned. So here's the first lesson that as the ladies, they were glorifying Krishna. And even though they weren't personally with Krishna, they were talking about him. And just by talking about him, Krishna was with them. So we also can just talk about Krishna and we can associate with him in that way. He will be in our presence. So because we're talking about him today, Krishna is here with us. So here they're talking about the creation, the different avatars, uh, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, killing Kamsa. Then here in the second section, Krishna, they're talking about Krishna in Dwaraka, how fortunate were the wives to have Krishna as their husband. So these ladies, there they are. You can see them up there and Krishna's listening. Krishna's listening to these ladies. They're all up on the roof of the palace glorifying Krishna up there. So now Krishna is leaving. He's going on his way to Dwaraka. Everybody is uh, unhappy because they're feeling separation, but the people on the way are very happy to see the Supreme Lord on the road. So beautiful. Here they are following him as Krishna goes from city to village to village on his way to Dwarka from Hastinapur. Hastinapur is Delhi and Dwarka is, is the west coast in Gujarat. So it's quite a long trip actually, quite a long trip. Okay, so end of this picture. What lesson did we learn here? Hmm? He's with us, yeah. So, therefore, we should talk about Krishna. Okay, now we're moving on to chapter 11. Krishna is coming to Dwarka now, and here we see him entering, and everybody's happy they're having a festival. They're bringing nice things to offer. Everybody's greeting Krishna, and he, he blew his conch shell, and everybody's started, as soon as they heard Krishna's conch shell, what did the people do? They started running. Everybody started running here, running to Krishna. So that's quite amazing. I, there, there, is, there, there is something like this in India, in Jayapur. When it's Mangalarti time, the people start running. You hear them in the road, Govinda, Govinda. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing. They're running to Mangalarti. So imagine if we were to run to Mangalarti like that. <laughs> they blow the conch shell, run. <laughs> run. Uh, so here Krishna is entering Dwaraka after a long absence. And everybody is running to him. I'll read verse 9. Chapter 11. Hmm. When you go away, O Lord, lotus-eyed, 
by a million-fold each moment's magnified. Our eyes become useless as if there's no sun. When out of Dwaraka you have gone. So they're feeling separation from Krishna. But now their separation is over. So in Hastinapur the sun of Krishna set, and now in Dwaraka the sun of Krishna is rising. So everybody's really happy. And so this next um, section here, chapter 11, part 1, Krishna reciprocates with devotees. Some people he greets by hugging his equals, some people he offers obeisances to, and here the dancers are greeting him, the brahmanas are greeting him, everybody is very happy to see Krishna, and he's reciprocating with everybody. So part two of chapter 11, Krishna is meeting his mothers first. He's meeting his mothers, Devaki and her sisters, they're Krishna's mothers, and then he meets his queens, and they're shy, so first they send their children to embrace him, and then they themselves meet Krishna also. And it's a happy reunion after a long time of separation. So chapter 12, Birth of Parikshit, uh, again, it talks about Yudhisthira's devotional rule, how he's king, and... Uh, he, was, he had so much opulence, more than the demigods, but he was so absorbed in Krishna's service that he didn't even, didn't mean anything to him. Didn't mean anything to him. And that's the importance of being happy in this life. So much opulence will not make you happy. So I just was reading on the internet, some very rich person was on his deathbed and he was saying he, was, he had seven billion dollars. And he was writing his realizations. And one realization was that money cannot make you happy. <laughs> uh, you should have friend, you should uh, make friends, have friends and love people. And he had a lot of good realizations. So Yudhisthira had that. He had everything, but he was not attached. So here Parikshit is in the womb. Krishna is coming to save him from the Varmashtra weapon and Pariksha is seeing Krishna, very fortunate embryo in the womb, seeing Krishna protecting him. And now he's born through Pariksha's birth and all the auspicious planets are there for his birth, all the good signs of the zodiac. And the Brahmanas said this child will be well known as one who is protected by Supreme Personality of Godhead very auspicious birth. So then we go to his glorious future. He will be like Ram. He will be compared to Sibi, who gave his own flesh to the parrot. Uh, I'll read verse 23. He entered the city with his wives and entourage. Old Brahmanas, whoops, I'm not in the right chapter, sorry. That was chapter 11. Chapter 12, verse 23. His will be Brahma's equanimity of mind. Like Lord Shiva, he'll be munificent and kind. Here's Lord Shiva. Lord Brahma, he'll be compa he's, compa he's compared to Brahma and Shiva. The shelter of everyone like Lord Narayan. These are predictions which you can rely on. 
So Parikshit, he's compared to the three controlling deities. Uh, he, he will have, he can give shelter just like Lord Narayan. So in the meantime, when Parikshit is a baby, Yudhisthira is doing a horse sacrifice here. And you see the Brahmanas with the fire doing a horse sacrifice. And uh, then Krishna, this was back in Hastinapur, um, Yudhisthira's horse sacrifice that happened when Pariksha was born. And now we're hearing about Dhritarashtra quitting home. The first section here, Vidura, returns to Hastinapur. So Vidura was speaking with Maitreya, uh, hearing Srimad Bhagavatam, asking questions and hearing Bhagavatam from Maitreya. But after he heard, after he was on, because he was kicked out of the palace. And so he went on pilgrimage and he met Maitreya and he was learning Srimad Bhagavatam from Maitreya. So then after that, he went back home to enlighten, to preach to his brother, Dhritarashtra. And everyone was very happy and they received him very nicely. Um, so then here, the second section, Yudhisthira questions <coughs> Vidura. And he said, do you remember how you always protected us? So here's when the Pandavas were having a hard time. Then Vidura always protected them. And so, and here it's described in verse 10, there's a famous verse that saintly persons are just like places of pilgrimage because they carry the Supreme Personality of Godhead in their heart. So Vidura is come, they're saying, you're just like a place of pilgrimage. So Prabhupada was like that. He was a place of pilgrimage because he carried uh, the Lord in the heart. And Burijan had that, that realization in his book, um, My Glorious Master, that he was with Prabhupada for some years. And then after being with Prabhupada, he did deity worship for the first time. And as soon as he walked into the deity room, he felt like he was with Prabhupada. He felt the same feeling as when he was with Prabhupada. So Prabhupada carried Krishna. And that's why he could bring Krishna to all the western cities of the world, because he was carrying Krishna. He could put Krishna everywhere, install Krishna. And so Vidura was like that. He was carrying the Lord in his heart. And so he was a place of pilgrimage. So now he's going to preach to, he's preaching to Dhritarashtra to leave home. Uh, I'll read verse 25. To give up your body, you may be unwilling, like a miser protecting a precious shilling. You're clinging to life at all honor's cost, unmindful that soon all will be lost. So the lesson we learn from this section here is that before death, before the body starts falling apart, we should preach. We should preach. Don't waste time. Don't just waste time enjoy trying to enjoy. We don't enjoy much, but we try to enjoy. Um, material world, but we should actually help others and preach and help ourselves. If we preach, then we help other, we help ourselves as well. 
And that's the lesson for this section. And so what did Vidura say to Dhritarashtra? He said, just see, um, get out of here immediately. Fear has overtaken you. You are living in the home of another. You've been blind since birth, and now you can't hear anything either. Your memory is shortened. Your intelligence is disturbed. Your teeth are loose. Your liver is defective. And you are coughing up mucus. And that's the summary of old age. So either one of the above we suffer, or all of the above. When you, when you start hitting the older years of your life, uh, say most of you don't think you're going to be old, but it, it will happen. <laughs> when you're young, you never think, you, you hear about it and you see old people, but you think, well, that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> but it, it does happen. <laughs> old age creeps up on you. And before you know it, this is talking about yourself, your body, not yourself, your body. Okay, so what was the lesson we learned here about this section? Yeah, before you get old and your body starts falling apart, you should start preaching, do something positive. Okay, so uh, chapter 13, part 2, Dhritarashtra leaves home. So he takes the advice of Vidura, and he, along with Gandhari and Vidura, they all leave home. And Sanjaya, his secretary, is lamenting. He said, and Yudhisthira was asking him, uh, where, is, where is our uncle, Sanjay? And Sanjay says, I, I don't know. They have cheated me. So Prabhupada says, sometimes great souls cheat others. <laughs> uh, it's not surprising. Lord Chaitanya left home also. And uh, so this happens. Dhritarashtra left home. He took the advice. And here Narada preaches to Yudhisthira. Yudhisthira is lamenting that I could not protect Dhritarashtra. I was, it's my fault. He's thinking, he's feeling guilty that Dhritarashtra was under my protection. Now I failed my duty. So he's feeling, he's, now he's lamenting. He said, it's all my fault, why he didn't leave. And Narada comes and preaches to him. And Narada says, actually, don't lament for anyone. Everyone is under the control of the Supreme Lord, Krishna. So you should look to Krishna, surrender to him. You wait here on earth as long as he is here. And after that, you should leave. Lesson. So the lesson is, Lord Krishna is the protector of everyone. Krishna is the protector of everyone. Uh, we, we think we are the protectors of people, of our children, but actually it's, it's Krishna. It's actually Krishna. Well, that's the lesson. Dhritarashtra's perfection. So Narada Muni gave the prediction. Well, first of all, he said he's gone to the southern side of the Himalayas. And in five days, he's going, he's, now he's bathing in the, in the Ganga. And after five days, he will burn up his body in the fire of yoga. And he will attain mystic perfection. And his wife Gandhari will enter the fire along with him. 
and then Vidura will leave. So he's saying there's nothing you can do, it's too late, they've already left, and very soon he's going to leave his body in the fire of mystic yoga perfection. So what was the lesson here in this picture? Krishna's the protector, yes. And that's a symptom of surrender too, one of the six levels of surrender. Krishna's the protector, Krishna's the maintainer. Therefore we should surrender to Krishna only. Now here, chapter 14, part one, Kali's influence. So Yudhisthira was looking in his kingdom and he was seeing that the sun was getting hot, people were fighting, husband and wife were fighting, and and others, shopkeepers were fighting with the people. So Kali, this showed that Kali was entering the kingdom, Kali's influence here. And then, inauspicious symptoms, all these are inauspicious, their houses were catching on fire, dogs were also, uh, fire was coming from their mouth, and the horses were crying, owls were hooting, fire was coming from the earth. This I experienced in Hawaii when I visited a couple of years ago. Um, that was before the eruption of the volcano. I mean, there was a place, a city called Volcano. They live on the volcano, right? Cheap, cheap land. Um, <laughs> And I was in, in, in the street, there were holes in the ground, and you would look down about uh, two, three meters, and you'd see steam coming up. They were living on the volcano. I was thinking, this is not good. <laughs> you see the steam coming up. So, yeah, and it happened. The, the volcano went overboard. And so this is, that's an inauspicious sign here. Here we see fire coming from the earth. That was happening. Whirlwinds, drought, floods. These are all inauspicious. The deities crying, cows crying, and the deities crying in the temple. These are inauspicious symptoms. And Yudhishthira was seeing this, and he and he he was trying to figure out why. I will read verse and and uh, so he was actually he figured it out. Here we see Krishna's footprints because Krishna must have left. And this is a theme which we heard already in the first part of this first canto, that in the absence of Krishna, everything is inauspicious. If, when Krishna is here, everything is auspicious. In the absence of Krishna, everything is inauspicious. So that's the lesson uh, for this picture. I'll read verses 17 and 18. Uh, verse 14. The rays of the sun planet are declining and stars fight together instead of shining. Living entities appear to be ablaze and they weep and cry in a daze. Rivers and ponds are all perturbed. My mind by events is very disturbed. Butter no longer ignites in fire. What is happening and by whose desire? So this was Eudistir's observation. So many inauspicious symptoms were happening. Um, and Arjuna was, meanwhile, he was away in Dwarka with Krishna. And so he did not, Yudhisthira did not know what had happened. So what was the lesson 
for this picture here. Absence of Krishna, everything is inauspicious. Good. Okay, part two of chapter 14. We have uh, Krishna's family. Now Arjuna has come back from Dwaraka, and he, and he was very unhappy. His head was down, he was crying, and Yudhisthira asked about Krishna's family. These are Pradumna and Iruta, different sons of Krishna. So I read verse 28, 29. So many names I can recall with Shibalaram, protector of all. Are they happy and living long? What is the news? Is anything wrong? So then he asked about Krishna. How is Krishna doing? And is he, is he uh, enjoying in Dwarakapuri and in, in the assembly house? They brought this assembly house from the heaven, heavenly planets. And then Yudhisthira asked about Arjuna. He thought, well, okay, maybe it's Arjuna has got a problem here. He said, did somebody disrespect you? Did, uh, were you neglected by somebody? Uh, or are you sick? What is, what is the problem with you? Or, or is it that you're feeling empty because Krishna has left? And that is actually what happened. Krishna has left the planet, so everything has become inauspicious. Pandavas retire timely, so this is Arjuna remembers Krishna, how he helped in so many ways, how he used to fight with him and eat with him and do so many things. He would remember him when he was sleeping. He was always with him. And he was remembering here now Krishna's protection and how he was, Krishna, Krishna was his chariot driver and saved him in the whole battle of Kurukshetra. So I'll read verse 17, chapter 15. Let Krishna serve me as Parthasarthi. Although in proper etiquette, he did that for me. And by his mercy, I was saved from the foe when to get water for my horses, I did go. So here, he's getting water for the horses. And here he won Draupadi. He's remembering all of the times that here he saved Draupadi. Here he saved the Pandavas in the forest when Durasa was sent. And then finally he said, Arjuna's powers lost. He said, when I was taking Krishna's wives, some cowherd men captured them and took them away from me. So this is Lamentation of Arjuna, that Krishna has left the planet. So what to do? What did he do after lamenting the loss of his friend? Arjuna was thinking, oh, now I'm attracted to Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita. So he started remembering Gita. And that helped him get over his depression. He was really depressed. He was sad. He was lamenting in separation from Krishna. So, lesson for us, when we feel separation from Krishna, remember his instructions, read Bhagavad Gita, and you will be with him. I will read verses 27 to 29. 
To Govinda's instruction, I am now attracted, for heartfelt relief is thus contacted. By thought of Lord Krishna, deep and profound, Arjuna, freed from ignorance, deep peace found. Lord Krishna's lotus feet, he remembered constantly. His devotion grew, thus his mind was set free. So he felt solace by remembering Bhagavad Gita's instructions, solace and separation. Now, now Yudhisthira, when he heard that Krishna left the planet, what does he do? Yudhisthira leaves home. Here's Yudhisthira on his way to the Himalaya mountains, and he's remembering Krishna, and he, he's, he crowned Parikshit emperor before he left, and he just left home. And he dressed himself in torn clothing, gave up eating all solid foods, became dumb, and let his hair hang loose. So nobody would recognize him. He left home. Now what happens next? The Pandavas and Jopati also leave home. Everybody left home. So Parikshit was all by himself. Here is Parikshit. Everybody left home. Um, the younger brothers, they also saw, oh, the age of Kali has come, and the citizens are affected, so we will also leave home. And they went, actually, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, the Pandavas and Jopati, everybody went back to Godhead in their same body. I read verse 47, 48. By pure consciousness and constant devotion, they achieve Golokan, Goloka, and its nectar ocean. Krishna's place is attained by the pure who desire only Him and nothing more. Okay. Anybody remember the lesson we learned from this picture? When we feel separation from Krishna, Remember Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita. Good, good. Okay, chapter 16, part 1. Whoops, I didn't mean to do that. How do I make it small now? Premananda, I touched, I, I forgot this is a touch screen. You can make this small again. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happens when I touch the computer <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah, it does things I don't want it to do. All right. So, uh, the first section, Parikshit meets Kali over here. And Kali is beating a cow, and Parikshit is challenging him. He caught hold of him. But before we find out what happens, deathless Krish Krishna Katha, the sages of Namisharanya are interrupting and saying, oh, we are so happy to hear Krishna Kata. We have invited Yamaraj. Here's Yamaraj sitting with the sages here. We've invited him to this Bhagavatam class. So if uh, whoever is in this Bhagavatam class will be saved from death. So that's the lesson. To be saved from death, hear Krishna Kata. If you hear Krishna Kata, you'll be protected from death. So don't leave the class. Don't fall asleep. Be in, be here in the class. Yamaraj will not touch you. Otherwise, beware. <laughs> Yamaraj can come. 
That's the lesson here. And, this, and now Purusha tours his kingdom and everybody's chanting the glories of his grandfathers, the Pandavas. And so he's happy to hear all these wonderful things. Uh, so what was the lesson here uh, in this section? Hear Krishna Kata. Do we say from? Death. From death. Good. Now that couldn't be the physical death. It's just a um, fear of death. Oh, death, physical death. Okay. Yeah. Stay in class. Physical death also. Yes, you will be safe from death if you're in the Bhagavatam class. During that class? Yeah, during that class. So if you don't want to die, go to class. <laughs> There's a good reason not to miss class. Good reason not to miss class. Okay, so um, now we are here on part two of chapter 16. Dharma questions Bhumi. So Dharma is a bull. Uh, the uh, religion personified in the form of a bull, and Bhumi is the earth in the form of a cow. And they are discussing, and, she, and Dharma is asking her, why are you so unhappy? And she said, separation from Krishna is the title, and she said, yes, I'm unhappy because now I'm separated from my dear most friend. He used to walk on me, and so now I'm very unhappy, and since Krishna left, Kali has come, and he is uh, spreading his influence everywhere, and so we are suffering here in separation from Krishna. Again, that same theme, and without Krishna, everything is inauspicious. Chapter 17, Pariksha challenges Kali. He, he says... Uh, you dare beat an innocent cow because Krishna and Arjuna are out of sight? Now you deserve to be killed. Priksha consoles the cow and bull. Don't worry, I will protect you. I will take care of Kali. I'll read verse 9. O oh, Surabhi son, lament no more. No more fear need you endure. I am the king, and here and now, I'll protect you and also the cow. So, he's consoling them, and then Dharma starts speak, speaking philosophy here in this last section. Um, Pariksha asks him the question, who beat you? Who has beaten you? And, the, and Dharma says, oh, it's very difficult to understand what is the cause of my suffering? And then he talks about all the different philosophies that try to explain why we are suffering. It could be karma, it could be time, it could be this, it could be that. And so then Pariksha says, oh, you must be religion personified because you are not identifying the sinner. Uh, one who identifies the sinner suffers as does the sinner. So that's the lesson here. If you, if you put the blame on somebody for your suffering, uh, you will get the same reaction they get. So that's an interesting lesson. Another thing is don't judge anyone. Don't judge anyone. They may be behaving uh, in a bad way because they are uh, missing love. They don't have any love in their life. So yeah. 
If you identify the sinner, you will suffer as does the sinner. That's the lesson. And Brigid, so I won't ask you because I just told you. <laughs> but I, I'm sure you'll remember it because it's a heavy lesson. It's a heavy lesson. Okay, part two. Now, Brigid pacifies Tarma over here. He reestablished the four legs. What are the four legs of religion? Cleanliness. Mercy, austerity, and truthfulness. That's the lesson for this picture, the four legs of religion. And maybe you don't know, but the four um, ashrams are supposed to uphold those four legs of religion. The brahmacharis are supposed to uphold cleanliness, the grihastas, mercy, by giving in charity, by dana. Sometimes it says daya, sometimes dana. And the uh, Vanaprastha's austerity, sannyasi's truthfulness. They're supposed to uphold the four ashrams, are meant to uphold the four lakes of religion. So that's um, confirmed in the third canto, which it might take you a couple of years to get there, so I'll let you know now already. <laughs> so, yes, Parikshit uh, controls Kali in the middle here. He took up his sharp sword to kill him. Kali surrenders. He took off the clothes of a king. Priksha said, okay, since you surrendered, you have no fear of your life, but you have to get out of my kingdom. You cannot stay here. And so then he reestablished the lost legs of religion. I'll read verse 43 and 44. Thus Parikshit rules the kingdom with all success, coming in Yudhisthira's family of kings with great prowess. So here we have Kali. Um, he gave him four places to live, uh, where there is illicit sex, gambling, prostitute, um, meat-eating, and intoxication. Kali lives there in those four places. And unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for Yudhisthira, there were no such places in his kingdom. So Kali said, okay, but where, where? There's no such places. Where can I go? So he said, okay, if anybody is hoarding money, you can go there. So Kali stays if somebody's hoarding money. Uh reestablishes religion here. So what was the lesson we learned here in this picture? Four legs of religion. Yeah, cleanliness, mercy, austerity, truthfulness. Good. Okay, Prikshit's qualities. Here we have uh, the very day and moment Lord Krishna left then Kali entered here. Here he's coming. He's he waiting to enter. As soon as Krishna left, Kali entered. But Prikshit was a realist and he, he saw the good quality he saw some good qualities of Kali. Uh, I'll read verses six and seven. The very day and moment that Krishna departed, that is just when Kali's advent started. Maharaj Pariksit was a realist, knowing in Kali Yuga good does exist. 
Pious thoughts are rewarded straight away. Sin must be gross before bad karma holds sway. So this is the lesson here that if you think something good, you get the reaction, you get the result of actually having done the good deed. If you think something bad, you don't get the reaction unless you actually perform it physically. This is a concession for Kali Yuga. And that's why um, Pariksha didn't kill Kali. He saw the good things. And he saw here, he sees Lord Chaitanya's movement. And he actually, uh, Pariksha just did Harinam Sankirtan, Prabhupada says in a purport, to stop the influence of Kali and his kingdom. He, he inaugurated Harinam Sankirtan. So that's the lesson here. Um, good thoughts bring immediate results, whereas bad thoughts must be physically performed in order to reap the results. So then we go to the next section, Nectarian Krishna Kata. Here they're drinking from Krishna's lotus feet. And uh, Shimad Bhagavatam is the nectar. And there's a beautiful verse here, 12 and 13. I'll read that. A sacrificial performance we have begun, but we're unsure what result will come. We're covered in soot from starting the fire. Now Govinda's lila is what we require. A moment spent in devotee association cannot be compared to heavenly elevation, nor to liberation, nor to material boons, which are meant for those who will die soon. So, second lesson here. A moment's association with a pure devotee is more valuable than heaven or liberation. It's the most valuable thing yeah, to have a moment's association with pure devotee of the Lord. So the last section, Krishna's glories. Um, Brahmaji is collecting the water from Krishna's feet and Shiva is taking it on his head. So this is the value they are seeing the value of Ganga, although Ganga is purifying the universe. If you hear Krishna's glories, then that is immediate purification. Well, can you go outside and speak, please? <laughs> oh, yeah. Turn off your cell phones. <laughs> Okay, Krishna's glories, we heard. Now we heard two lessons in this picture. What was one lesson? Raise your hand now, otherwise you might, yes? Moment's yes. association. Moment's association with pure devotee. Yes. It's the most valuable thing. And what was the other lesson we learned here? If you think good things, then you get the karma immediately. You have to do it to get the karma. Good. So that's why uh, Pariksha did not kill Kali. He saw the good. And of course Lord Chaitanya is coming also. And that will be another good thing. Okay, so now Kali enters. Pariksha insults Shamika. He, puts, he didn't receive him nicely, so he picked up a lifeless snake and garlanded the sage with the snake. His son heard the news 
he was really upset and he cursed the king. On the seventh day from today, a snake bird will kill this king because he broke the laws of etiquette by insulting my father. And this is where Kali entered. And this is where the downfall of the Vedic system occurred from this child's <coughs> cursing correction. So what happened, he was crying when he went back to his father and the father was upset. He said, oh, you have done a very bad thing, very sinful act. And he prayed to the Lord, please forgive my son. The Rishi was not happy at all that his son cursed the king. The king could have, could have counteracted the curse, but he chose to accept it. So this is just so Srimad Bhagavatam will be spoken. Now this is chapter 19, the last chapter, appearance of Shukadeva Goswami. Parikshit renounces. Here we have Parikshit. He heard the news about his curse. He said, uh, the snake bird is going to bite. Okay, very good. He went to the bank of the, some say Jumuna, some say Ganga, to fast till death. He will fast and hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And here is the nectar of Krishna's lotus feet. Pariksha questions, Pariksha renounces here. And the sages come from all over the universe because this is a real universal happening. That Pariksha is a great devotee. And certainly there will be wonderful things happening in his association. Uh, here he has. All the sages are coming down, Narada Muni, Vyasadeva, everybody's coming to be with Pariksha. And when, de when devotees leave their bodies, then we do that. We, um, devotees come to be with them. Devotees come. And so this is really nice. So now Bhagavatam will be spoken very soon. Part two, Pariksha questions the sages says, what is the duty of everyone in all circumstances, and specifically of one who's about to die? Now the sages had different opinions, they didn't agree. So Shukadeva appeared, and everybody stood up to welcome him, and they accepted, oh, here is the authority, he will decide, he will speak. They accepted him as the speaker of Srimad Bhagavatam, they saw from his bodily features that he was a liberated soul, and they accepted him. Prishit questions Shukadev. So he says, please show me the way of perfection for all persons, especially one who is about to die. Let, what should a person hear, chant, remember, and worship at this time? And he said, if I should come back, let me, if I have to come back again, take birth again, uh, let me have complete attachment to Krishna, association with his devotees, and friendly relations with all living beings. So that was his prayer. That's too, he wants to be a preacher, in other words. He wants to be a preacher in his next, if, if I should take birth again, let me love the Lord, be friends with devotees, and help others. Be kind to the merciful, merciful to the fallen, to the ignorant, innocent people. Okay, so that's the end of the first canto. We learned many lessons. 
Is there any lesson that somebody especially likes that you learned here from this canto? Any of those lessons that's your favorite lesson? Huh? Don't blame anyone. Don't blame anyone. Don't judge anyone. Yeah, okay, good. Me. For yes? It's not my favorite, but it's just interesting um, how you can think bad acts. Yeah. But as long as you don't act upon those thoughts. Yes, that's that's a really good one. That's my favorite. Yeah. That you know you you think something bad, uh, you don't get the reaction. But if you think something good. So, positive thinking, and that's, uh, that's also the New Age people agree with us on that. You should be positive in your thinking. That positive thinking is very good. And here it's confirmed in Bhagavatam. If you think positive, you think of doing good to somebody, then you will get the benefit of doing that, actually. But don't be lazy and just think. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll think about doing this. <laughs> uh, no excuse to be lazy. Any other ones that you liked, especially? One moment of association with a pure devotee. Ah, one moment association with a pure devotee. Yeah, can change your life. You see that? You see that? Uh, just a word, a glance, prasad. So for us. Who are not fortunate to have association with Prabhupada, but we have these associations through his books. His so books, yeah. So if uh, the future generations they uh, read its tradition of Prabhupada's books, then can we say that uh, they have also Prabhupada's Yeah, of course. Prabhupada's association? They have Prabhupada's association through his books, very nice. Very good. Yes. Yes. Krishna is present when we're reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam. Who else is present when we're reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam? Narayana. Yamraj. Yamraj likes to hear Krishna Kata. He comes for Kirtan and Bhagavatam class. <laughs> He'll come to tonight's Kirtan maybe. But nobody will die. <laughs> So nobody will die. He, because he, actually he, his incarnation is here in first canto, Vidura. And Vidura was always protecting the devotees. So Yamraj, he protects the devotees. He was always protecting the Pandavas all the time from Dhritarashtra and Duryodhan. Any other um, favorite lessons? Uh, in Krishna's presence, everything is auspicious. Krishna reciprocates. Good. Okay, so now um, you have any questions you'd like to ask? Yes. Like a good force, if we have a good force, then we get the reaction. So sometimes some devotees, you know, particularly, oh, you are good, you are good, but they physically don't come and help in a devotional <laughs> service. So how would this... Yeah, we talked about that. So how would discriminate? I mean, how, discriminate how, about how what? As a, as a person, I should not feel bad. Okay, it's their karma. I, why should I bother? Why should I interfere? Because sometimes in a, in a congregation, some person are just talking very nicely, but they don't help. 
So obviously you feel, oh, why they are just talking? Why they are not coming to So why should I bother in that way? So how I should rectify myself? Yeah, uh, don't think about them, think about you. You, you sh how, what you are doing. Don't judge others. Don't judge others. Don't blame them. We learned that today. Don't blame them. Oh, they are not doing this. They are doing that. Better you just uh, work on yourself. Because you cannot change them. You can only change one person. And that is you, yourself. You can change yourself. So you should not think, oh, they are not doing, so I'm not doing. Why are you doing? You're doing for Krishna or for them or what? What you're, who you're doing service for? You were doing service for to please Krishna and to please Guru, not to please other people or to be the same as them or to do like they are doing. Devotional service in the material world, we do things. Oh, I, they are doing, I will do. They are not doing, I will not do. That's the material thinking. But spiritual thinking is, oh, I will do for Krishna. I will make Krishna happy. I will make Guru happy. Like that. Different thinking. And you don't worry about other person doing this, not doing that. You don't worry about that. But then when we are you will be in fortunate. The service, in the service, this is the question. In the service, sometimes some people are very, very sweet in the talk. <laughs> they say, yes, 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 you give. So how much we have to believe? Because sometimes we know that they not end up just just take the good. Okay, they're doing service, so that's good. When they do service, be happy. When they don't do service... <laughs> no, no, I'm just in the, in the planning wise. In the planning wise, if we, for example, if I am in a decoration team, if I knew teamwork, not one person do, and if someone already said, okay, talk, I will come, but they don't end up coming each time, then how... Then, then don't, de don't depend on them. Then you know, okay, this person is not coming. Just know. Then you can plan. If if they're never coming, then okay, not coming. They don't they, 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 don't, they don't get the mercy. They don't get the mercy. <laughs> they, don't, they don't say they won't come. They staying already. They are coming. Yeah. So that means they already getting the benefit of service. <laughs> <laughs> who who does the service gets doubled. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if they think that they're they're doing the service, then they get the benefit. <laughs> but if they only say and don't think, then I I don't. <laughs> they have to here. It says you have to think that you're doing the service. You know, you have to think. Okay, I'm making garland. I'm doing this. It has to be going on in your mind. Whatever you think, if you're thinking, oh, I'm making this nice garland for Krishna, then yes, you're doing. But if you just say, I'm making, and you don't do, you don't think, then that's not, you don't get the benefit. You have Here it's talking about, we do physical, we do mental service also. It's talking about mental service. It doesn't sound like you're doing mental or physical. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Anji, I'm wondering if you'd mind elaborating on the um, the principle of not seeing others to blame, but only seeing Krishna's hand, because yeah. it seems that you have to have a very elevated consciousness to, to see in that way. Yeah, how to see Krishna's hand behind everything. Um, 
is a very good question. So I gave an exercise, which I will also give tomorrow in the ladies' sangha, uh, that um, when difficulties happen to you, then you, you have to write down ten reasons why you thank Krishna for it happening. And then you can see the hand of Krishna. For example, uh, my computer broke. Thank you, Krishna, for breaking my computer, because now I will see nature much more. I will have, go for walks. Thank you for breaking my computer, because now I will uh, not see the bad news on the Internet. Thank you for breaking my computer, because now I won't forget how to write with a pen. Thank you for breaking my computer, because now I'll get a new computer. <laughs> So, yeah, you write down ten reasons why you thank Krishna. And you have to be very creative. You know, and then one of those reasons may click. And what often happens when you do this exercise is that everything reverses, like the computer starts working. I've, I've done this exercise and had good results also. Because when your attitude changes, then everything changes around you. you. Positive attracts positive. When you, when you see the hand of Krishna behind things, then you actually change the way things happen to you, how, how things happen. So that's, yeah, that's the way to do it. That's the way to be grateful to Krishna when good things happen and when difficulties come, and then that will help you to see why you have to learn your lesson. You have to learn the lesson Krishna is giving us when, when difficulties come. Uh, the person, he's just, he's just the instrument of our karma. Can't blame him. Can't blame the person. If we see the whole movie of our last life, we'll see what we did to deserve that. But Krishna is minimizing it. So that part we have to understand. Krishna is minimizing our karma. And that we read in Bhagavad Gita a couple of days ago. The, the devotee, he, he, when difficulties come, he thinks, oh, Krishna, I, now my karma is coming, but Krishna is minimizing it. He's only giving me a token of what I deserve. When happiness comes, he gives credit to the Lord for his happiness. Now I can do my service better. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. What should be the attitude in doing, going outside and preaching? Mm -hmm. Help, <laughs> pray for help. Just pray. Just re remember that you're the instrument, mm -hmm. and pray for Krishna to work through you. 
Not like you're the doer. If you're the doer, then nothing's going to work. If you're thinking, I'm, I'm the doer, then, yeah, it will be very difficult. <laughs> Even with that in mind, um, sometimes when you're out there, I guess you still get a, a number of knockbacks and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, the devotees would keep praying. Keep your relationship, your contact with Super Soul, with Krishna, with Lord Chaitanya while you're out there somehow or other. Maybe you need to read something for inspiration. Maybe you need to read something from Prabhupada's books. Maybe you need to just pray. But for sure you need to pray. Because it's really hard. You're there in, in the kingdom of Maya and you're trying to capture some people. So uh, I see what I see when I read about book distributors' stories online is they pray Please send me somebody who will take a book who is interested. You pray for somebody to come like that, and then they get results. They pray for Krishna to send somebody. Yeah, the, the hardest thing is just to go out the door, I think. Right? The mind is really... First, Maya will come in your mind and say so many things. It's a rainy day. It's this, it's that. Yesterday you did terribly. <laughs> Why you want to do again today, the same thing. Anyway, yeah. So we need to preach to our minds. And make our mind our friend. So when you're not distributing, you can also do work like on your mind and try to convince you know try to make your mind your friend in any way you can somehow or other somehow yeah in first canto of Bhagavatam it says by the sword of remembrance then you cut your karma so remembering Krishna somehow or other kirtan internet internet now you can remember Krishna internet is iskan desire tree Krishna.com helps you to remember Krishna. Any other questions? Yes? Mataji, I heard that uh, you said the old Pandavas went with their own body to the Yeah. But somewhere other I heard that only Yudhisthira Maharaj went with their own body. The other yeah, and Mahabharata says only Yudhisthira went. But Srimad Bhagavatam says they all went. So Bhagavatam is a higher authority than Mahabharata. So we accept Bhagavatam. Because Bhagavatam is pure, Amala. It is the pure teachings. So therefore, when there's a contradiction between Mahabharata and Bhagavatam, then we accept the version of Bhagavatam as truth, because it's higher. It's a higher, it's a pure authority, purer than Mahabharata. There will be contradictions. Yeah, even Jopati, all of them went. Jopati, Subhadra, and the five Pandavas all went in their same body, Bhagavatam says. That's what Bhagavatam So we accept Bhagavatam. Any other? Yes? Mataji, this thing is, I've heard often that we pray to Krishna that please send someone who will take a book. Mm -hmm. But isn't this prayer? Indicating attachment to result. Um, it's a good attachment to result. 
We prayed because praying for someone to take a book is beneficial for the person. If a person comes and takes a book, that will be very good for the person. So it's a good prayer. We want, to, we want somebody to get the benefit of the books. Uh, attachment to the result means you, you give somebody a book and you're more, you want, you're more attached to the, how much they're going to give you for the book. It's more like that. I've, and, and, you're, and, and, you're, and you force them and you push them. So that's more like attachment. When you, when you kind of force the people. I've heard I, some book distributor told me that they were, um, they were distributing books and they gave a book to a person and they were feeling very attached to the result. And they were trying to get the person to take the book. And the person said to them, you're attached to the results. <laughs> <laughs> so then the, nobody got the message. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so generally people can tell if you're just there, if you want to benefit them, if you want to help them, or you want to just take advantage of them. You're collecting for something. or They can figure it out, usually. Any other questions? Yeah. Maharaj, you said uh, those pandas went with uh, physical, bo material body, mm. but in Golok, uh, material thing can't go, isn't it? Yeah. What it means is that um, they didn't experience death at all, but their material body changed into a spiritual body without leaving the material body behind. Okay. That's how it happened with Dhruva. If you read Bhagavatam, fourth canto, Dhruva when he was approaching the airplane to go back to Godhead, his body changed into a spiritual body. He didn't die. Death, Yamaraj came, um, and he put his head on Yamara, his foot on Yamaraj's head as a stairway to get into the airplane. And Yamaraj came because he wanted the dust of Dhruva's lotus feet. So it's different, it's not like death. It's not like death, where you just actually leave a body. They didn't leave bodies behind. Oh. So they just changed their material body into spiritual. And that you can find out how that happens in Canto 4, Chapter 12, Dhruva Maharaj, how he left his body. Oh. And he didn't leave it. I mean, we see, leave our body. Well, they didn't leave him. They didn't leave the body. They just changed their body. And it's actually a change, even for those who leave their bodies behind. It's just, it's basically just a change of body. Even for those who leave their bodies <laughs> behind. Yeah. Any other? Mm-hmm. The uh, marriage preacher, as far as I know, was one of the last great leaders, um, God conscious leaders. Maharaj Pritchett was one of the last God-conscious leaders. Yeah. And, and he was very diligent to you know, drive out Kali, etc. But today's leaders, in one sense, invoke Kali's presence quite <laughs> Today's leaders invoke, yeah, invoke, they do. Kali. Yeah, it's the fallen, in 12th canto you see that now the Kali Yuga leaders are very um, demoniac. Um, so? So what I was going to ask is, 
for uh, merchants in this golden age to become more prominent, do we require leaders like Nourish Brexit? We do. And it's happening, as I said, in USA. You heard the news. One of our devotees is going to run for president of the United yeah. States. Tulsi Gabbard. Mm -hmm. So let's see. At least, I mean, that's that's something impossible or you know inconceivable. Who would thought? Who would think a devotee is going to run for president of the United States? So I think, but it's a sign of the times that people do want something better than they have now. Even if she doesn't win, it's going to be something to just try. Yeah, so yes, so that could be a symptom that the golden age is, I mean, looks like there's a change here that could happen. And Prabhupada did want the leaders to be Krishna conscious. He wanted devotee leaders. So those qualities of good leadership will probably come as devotees yeah. advance or protest. Yeah. As, uh, yeah. Devotees, we need devotees. He probably wanted devotees to, to run for the elections and things. But isn't it a Maya again? Hmm? Isn't it a Maya again? Isn't it? Did the Maya again to run to go in elections? Yeah, it's it's Maya, but uh, somehow this devotee is still keeping up her sadhana and Krishna consciousness, and at the same time, everything in the world is Maya. Whatever job you do, what isn't Maya? <laughs> I mean, tell me a Krishna conscious job. <laughs> Anybody has such a job? <laughs> Everything is, whatever you do in the world, it's, 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 it's maya, whatever job you have, uh, you know, whatever it is. So the idea of Prabhupada, he wanted the politicians who are already there to be Krishna conscious. So she's already there. She's been in office since 2012. And so then it's not like we go and preach to the President Trump. <laughs> that would that would be depressing, maybe. That would be that would be hard. So better that we encourage someone who's already Krishna conscious to do it. Yeah. Here we are talking about um, having devotee of uh, becoming leaders. But then when Srila Prabhupada first met Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati and Prabhupada argued that now we have to fight for independence. Srila mm. Bhakti Siddhanta told that don't worry about government, government will come and go. Mm. But you just pay Krishna consciousness. Right. So in that example we see that uh, Prabhupada wanted to change the government but his Guru Maharaj told no, don't worry about the government. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, we need to have Krishna conscious leaders. Yeah, but see, Prabhupada was arguing that drive out the English, drive out the British. We need freedom from the British, so that's a different type of liberation. And um, 
when the freedom fighter Subhas Chandra Bose went to see Bhaktisiddhanta, he was asking Bhaktisiddhanta to give him men. And Bhaktisiddhanta asked him, do you read Bhagavad Gita? He said, yes. He said, do you believe in reincarnation? And both said, yes. He said, so if next life you're born in England, are you going to fight for the British? And then he said, you want to liberate just a section of people. I want to liberate every living being in this universe. And then both said, yes, you're right. He said, but I can't stop now. It's too late. I can't stop what I'm doing. And he left. <laughs> but yeah, no, Prabhupada wanted. And he's always talking about Yudhisthira's government that we heard about today, that this is the kind of government we want. And he was encouraging when our devotees were running for office. He was encouraging them, but our devotees, they're not politicians. They don't have any training. They have no background. So they couldn't, you know, go in the water without getting wet. He says, you have to be able to fish without getting wet. So Tulsi, she's already doing that since the last, what, nine, seven years. She's in politics and she's still saying, preaching Bhagavad Gita, saying devotional things. So it looks like she can do it. Who knows? I mean, it's not easy, but she's, it's worth a try. I mean, it's true. But it's whatever your service you're doing, you're supposed to make it Krishna conscious. So that's her service, to be president. And she just needs to make it Krishna conscious. I mean, bring her Krishna consciousness into it. You know, there's, you know, some, some like if you're uh, um, taking care of dying people, you can chant Hare Krishna to them. Some devotees do that. They take care of dying children or dying people and they chant to them. So they make their service Krishna conscious, even though it's not part of the job. It's not part of the job, but they do that. They somehow do that. And so that's very nice. And that's Krishna's preaching. You don't give up your Kshatriya Dharma. He's telling Arjuna, you fight for Krishna. So she's gonna she's not giving up her politics, she's gonna fight for Krishna. It's really good. It's good. Um, Krishna didn't tell Arjuna, you shouldn't be in government now. That's Arjuna's idea. <laughs> he was going to renounce the government. <laughs> you shouldn't be a king. Uh-huh. Jina, I have a question. We understand that association of devotees is very, very important and vital for our spiritual life. Um, wanted to know how we can develop how can we make our devotional service in a more loving way? Uh, association with association. Okay, um, there's different things you can do. You can appreciate devotees, see the good qualities. Prabhupada said, be like a bee, don't be like a fly. Bee is looking for the honey, fly is looking for the bad things. Look for the good things, appreciate the good things, be grateful to the devotees and uh, if something happens between you don't take it personally don't take anything personally but forgive Prabhupada says in Bhagavad Gita Purpa, we must forgive the minor offenses of others 
And there will be many minor offenses of others. We have to forgive. Any other questions? Yes. It is easy how to forgive the minor offenses to others. Yes, yes. The same way, sometimes we also offend somebody. And if you ask forgiveness, but the other devotee don't want to give, then. <laughs> <laughs> if the other devotee doesn't want to forgive you. Uh, we also make mistakes because sometimes. Right. We say sorry and we still. Then you have to forgive them for not forgiving you. <laughs> 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 but again, again, establish the relation. That we have to pray and that Krishna will help change the heart. Pray to the super soul in their heart. <laughs> okay, so we'll stop here. Our glories to Shri Prabhupada. Hare Krishna.